0: Hello, this is Robert Rickover, and today my guest is Alicia Briceland, who's a singer, a voice teacher, and a certified Alexander Technique teacher in New York City and in northern New Jersey. And we've done a number of podcasts, I think this is now the ninth um, <laughs> a podcast, on the general topic, the Alexander Technique uh, uh, for, and Singers. And today, uh, in this podcast, we're going to focus on what, what I guess we could call common misconceptions about the Alexander technique that some singers may have. Um, Alicia, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks so much, Robert.
0: This is good to talk to you once again. Before yes. before <laughs> before we get to these some of these misconceptions, uh, could you just give a very short uh, description of the Alexander technique?
1: Sure. Uh, the Alexander technique is a way of using your mind to change your body, mm-hmm. and specifically to change. Um, entrenched habits that are getting in your way
0: right and in our previous podcast um, we talked a little bit about how in an alexander lesson a singer might suddenly experience uh, singing singing perhaps even better than they might expect but with have, but using less effort. Mm-hmm. And that gets to, from my point of view, that gets to a very common misconception among singers, and, and I will say among just about everybody, about how much work or effort you have to do to do what you're going to do. And mm-hmm. in, in singing, for sure, there's this idea that there's a certain amount of energy you got to put into it Mhm uh-huh. otherwise, it won't be good, right? It won't be legit uh-huh. well,
1: and and that is true. um every inst- every musical instrument requires energy, yeah, um, and but what we want to make sure is that the energy is being used efficiently, and we're not using more than what is absolutely necessary because more energy than what is necessary translates into tension
0: right it's it's an over efforting that we 're really talking about, isn't it?
1: yes, yes that's true um, what 's interesting about singers is that really the vast vast majority of the energy needs to reside in the torso, particularly in the lower torso mm-hmm. as singers, we want to have the energy there in the torso for breath. Just troll the amount of breath that is um, going out of the lungs, mm-hmm. and then we want everything from the vocal cords on up. So the the neck, um, the pharynx, which is the the throat, right? Mm-hmm. The um, oropharynx, which is the mouth, the mouth resonators. Yeah. Um, and everything that's involved in that area to be as free as possible so that it can expand outwards in a very natural and relaxed way, like we do when we yawn. Mm-hmm. So it, 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 singing has this dichotomy. We have to have a lot of energy, but only in certain, in this, in basically in the torso. And we need to have just a tiniest bit of energy happening, but in the right way mm-hmm. from the neck on up. Um right, right. and that makes it very difficult because when you have energy happening in one area then it's very easy to say okay well energy has to happen everywhere. So the Alexander technique is a fabulous tool to help you isolate exactly where the energy has to has to happen. Um, but because the Alexander technique is so much speaks so much about not doing doing less being free being open then oftentimes singers can say oh well but I have to support I have to use my body to create, um, you know, breath resistance. Mm-hmm. So if I'm doing, not doing any work, then that's not going to happen, and I know my voice is not going to do what it needs to do. So mm-hmm. I'll just take a pass on the Alexander Technique. Mm-hmm. Um, so what, what the Alexander Technique can really help any singer with is making sure that they're very efficiently using their support system, which has to do a considerable amount of work. And mm-hmm. more work depending uh, if you have a larger voice mm-hmm. larger larger voices have to do more r- breath resistance in
0: mm-hmm. the
1: torso mm-hmm. but if you do too much, then you're just going to create excess, extra tension that's going to translate up into the throat, up into the jaw, the tongue, the lips, and all these um, resonate resonators that we want to be open and relaxed
0: so part of it really is just calibrating. just on a straight quantity of effort scale, calibrating the amount of effort you need to make and and beyond which might be counterproductive.
1: Exactly, exactly. But the problem is that, you know, we don't go to school to learn how to do this, right? We go to school to work with our our frontal brain, our forebrain, which does intellectual work. Our... um, Hind brain, right, which Mm -hmm. is also the subconscious, is what really um, does all of these, uh, you know, very subtle uh, body calibrations for us. So we're not really aware of this. We tend to have very little awareness of how much energy we're using, if we're using too much, if we're using too little. And as singers, we have to do a lot of experimentation to find out where the balance is. But oftentimes we go too far.
0: (laughs) Once we
1: learn we have to support, we go too far and we end up creating uh, too much energy. So the Alexander Technique can help us learn how to use enough energy to do what we want to without any excess and to find that fine balance point.
0: Right. And part of of that can be getting a, a more, perhaps for some singers, a more accurate idea about what's actually going on in their torsos and where things are and how they function. Uh, I've I've found that a lot of singers ha- have all kinds of ideas about what's going on in their body, much more than, say, uh, instrumentalists might have. But a lot of that information is not accurate.
1: Yes, I would say that that's absolutely the case. Um, there's a lot of information out there on the Internet, and as well we know, um, a lot of it is incorrect. So um, mm. people have read articles or have gotten information from various sources, and it just tends to confuse them. Um, so having an Alexander lesson will, um, one, open their awareness so that they'll feel more. They'll have more, a, more of an idea of what's actually happening in their bodies, which mm. is incredibly important for singers Mm -hmm. this is how we gauge everything by by sensation by feeling so the more aware we are of what's happening in our bodies the better we're able to adapt and to say okay well i feel this it's not i'm not giving quite enough energy let me try just a little more so we really we really require these very very subtle um um, adjustments to be happening all the time and awareness is an incredibly wonderful tool for helping us with this process um, sorry go ahead yeah
0: well and and I it's probably a bit of a cliche to say this but unlike instrumentalists who ha- who have their own instrumentalist, has their physical body, which is a, a kind of an instrument, and then they have yeah. their musical instrument, violin, or whatever. Singers, it's all one. Yes, and that, it's true. And that presents some very special, unique challenges.
1: It, it's true. It absolutely adds a whole other level of complexity when the instrument you're using mm-hmm. is yourself. Is you, yeah. Yes, yes. Right. And, right. and that's why the Alexander Technique is incredibly helpful. Um, it can be applied to any activity, not just singing by any mm-hmm. stretch of the imagination, but um, it is applied to activity, and that's what's so key. It can be applied to running. And, you know, runners would never think, okay, well, I'm not going to be using my muscles in the same way because the muscles, of course, have to be used to take you down the track. Right. It's just to get rid of anything that's not – that's tensing or that's not working correctly and to help it work better and to help excess tension go away. This is mm-hmm. what the Alexander Technique does. So it's 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 not about um, being so relaxed that um, – You're not using any energy. It's just about optimizing exactly what you do all the time to make it much more efficient, make it much easier, and then have a better output at the end.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think one way that might be useful for singers to think about when we're discussing this overdoing or putting too much effort in, most singers, if they if they are in a performance situation and now it's time for them to sing, they will contort their body even before they start singing. Mm. You know, there's like a whole singing posture I got to get into to sing. And most of the time, most of that is counterproductive.
1: Absolutely. It's getting ready.
0: It's the getting ready. It's,
1: it's It's getting ready and getting ready isn't really that helpful but what is helpful that the alexander technique directly teaches is a, seeing a picture in your mind of what you want and then mm-hmm. asking for that to happen yes. this is this is a skill that is incredibly important for singers to have because that way you're not getting ready you're not contorting right you're not tensing in any way but you're asking your body i want to have a low breath I want my larynx to release down, and I want uh, my whole oropharynx to expand and open, um, like at the beginning of a yawn. And when you can learn how the skill of being able to build up this picture of these particular coordinations happening, and bring that about uh, the three seconds uh, before you start a phrase when you're taking a breath, then you're going to have an incredibly excellent start to whatever phrase uh, you're going to sing and it's going to transform your ability to um, sing consistently and sing beautifully Mm -hmm. over the long term
0: yeah absolutely so let's let's move on to some other uh misconceptions Mm -hmm. uh what, what what would be the next one you'd like to discuss
1: well, in, Alex- in Alexander Technique lessons, um, a lot of what happens at the very beginning um, looks like it's not that applicable to singing mm-hmm. um, because the Alexander lesson mainly consists for um, beginning students as um, a chair turn and a table turn. Um, and so, so just t-
0: say a little bit about that sure, because I absolutely. don't think most people would yeah. know.
1: Yeah, I'll define those. So a table turn is uh, lying down, usually on a a massage table or some sort of uh, flat table with a slight padding on it. And the Alexander Technique um, directly puts hands on the students in the areas of the joints and gently moves the uh, student's body in order to give them um, – they're transmitting – uh, an experience of ease and opening in those joints. And then by moving, the student gets the experience of what it's like to move that joint with less work, mm-hmm. with more ease and openness. Um, so this is basically teaching the body uh, bit by bit, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, which is the way voice lessons work as well. Um, and then in the chair and in, in chair turns, chair lessons, um, The student stands in front of a chair, usually like a straight back chair, so there's some place to lean against if necessary, and the teacher will um, work with the student, interact with the student, and the student will sit, being ever so slightly guided by the teacher in how they're sitting in the chair and then how they're getting out of the chair. And this is to give the student uh, a new experience of what it's like to do an activity that they do all the time without really thinking about it. So it's to bring to awareness how we move in space, how we uh, use our body balancing in relationship to gravity. Um, so it's really, it, it looks quite simplistic, but it's really quite a complex task, which is one of the things, many complex tasks we do on a daily basis without, mm. you know, without any um, real awareness. Um, so, you know, I've I've heard singers say, well, all you do is, you know, lie on a table and then get in and out of a chair. That's because you're just getting the beginning experience of what it's like to um, do less in these very, you know, lying down when you're not doing anything at all, right? Mm -hmm. Right. And then in something that's very, very uh, simple activity. But what happens is that after you have an idea about these two, you know, these two types of ways of experience in the alexander technique then you can start applying it to breathing mm-hmm. then you can start applying it to standing and thinking of getting ready to sing and what happens to your body are you getting ready are you tensing unnecessarily and then addressing that so it's really the same as um when you start uh, voice lessons you don't you know walk into a um a studio never having a, had a voice lesson before and say, okay, well, I'm going to sing this opera aria. I don't need any warm-up. I don't need to learn anything about singing. I'm just going to do it. No, right. you have to learn all the basics. Right. So it's the same thing with the Alexander technique. Um, you need the experience of what it's like to do it in these in these other situations, and then you can start to apply it bit by bit to singing, taking right. little pieces apart.
0: Right, and the... There is a certain advantage in working in a non-singing activity in that the stakes aren't as high, so mm-hmm. uh, most people don't have a lot of invested in how they stand up from a chair, for example. It's, That's a good you point, know, It's yes. not like on their mind that this is something that people are judging me on constantly, so it's easier to help someone when you don't have all that baggage and, and construct the, uh, the table work uh, where, where you don't have to do anything to start with. Again, it's just easier to convey certain kinds of information to someone in that very um, serene and not, nothing. It, you don't really have to do anything. You just lie there and the teacher helps you. And over time, the teacher is going to, ask you to do some stuff, but initially it might seem kind of passive. Right. But, but it's setting, it's paving the way for other activities like singing. Exactly, uh, yeah. exactly. So uh, let's move on. Uh, I, I I have a little list that you gave me, actually, of some <laughs> common misconceptions. Uh, here's one. Uh, the Alexander Technique can only be learned in one-on-one, in-person lessons right Uh, say something about that
1: right well because um people learn the technique right it's it's not a treatment it's Mm -hmm. not something as you say that you're passive in Mm -hmm. um it can be learned in different ways and it has a huge mental component Huge Mm -hmm. mental component. And that's why it is possible um, to very successfully be able to learn a lot about the Alexander Technique um, in distance classes like Mm -hmm. Skype Mm -hmm. or et cetera. Mm -hmm. And it's also possible to learn a lot in group um, classes.
0: Right, absolutely. um,
1: Because it is so much about how you're thinking and how using your mind in a very specific way – to talk to your body and affect your body so um, yeah you know people say oh well I can't afford you know I Mm -hmm. went to my Alexander Technique teacher and that was you know $80 an hour in New York even more Um, and you know I have to pay for this I have to pay for that so find a group class. Uh, You know, find some other way to try to learn these skills because they are so directly applicable to singing and they are so similar to the whole process that singers have to go through every single day in the practice room. You can use these skills every single day as a singer. And I actually did the um, Alexander training after grad school. Mm-hmm. Um, because I thought, you know, this is so helpful. I I I just need to do this. I think this would be so incredibly helpful for me as a singer. And if I teach later on, for me as a teacher, and understanding the body and understanding how to work with the voice, right. and understanding how to help other people work with their own voices.
0: Right.
1: So, um it 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 offers so many skills that um you know, it's a huge advantage to be able to understand even some of what the Alexander Technique has to offer.
0: Absolutely. I'd, I'd put in a, a pitch for group classes any day. A well-run group class, uh, you learn a lot by observing the other people in the class, um, by experimenting with an audience there, if you're a singer, uh, mm-hmm. a real audience. And... um Group classes can be very effective, and and uh, distance classes as well. Yes. Um, okay. Here's something uh, I hadn't really thought of, but I, I guess it might be true that some singers might think that oh, the Alexander technique is a, a useful thing uh, wh- while I'm pr- for pra- I can use while I'm practicing. But it's not going to be helpful in actual performance situations. Right. Wow. Say and something about that, because I don't well, think that's true at all. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm well, shocked to hear that actually. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, most people think that um, they think about technique in the practice studio. And yeah. when they get into audition and performance situations, they have to throw technique away and um, they just perform. Uh-huh. And there, there is um, a lot to be said about this. This concept is actually mimicked in the Alexander Technique. This is how close the Alexander, Alexander Technique and singing are to each other. Um, the goal of the Alexander Technique is to um, take what normally is the subconscious's role, which is to look at how the body is run on this very minute scale, Mm -hmm, right? right. to bring it up to the conscious mind to work on it, Mm -hmm. but work on it in a specific way Mm -hmm. so that we're not overdoing because the conscious mind likes to bludgeon things to death, likes to overdo And it's not really its job to work with the body in this way. So we have to be very careful. That's why the Alexander directions, all the concepts of the Alexander technique, are very gentle, very indirect. Right. Because that's what the body loves. It loves this indirect approach. Then, once we've learned, once we've changed what was a not-so-helpful habit into a better, much-more-helpful habit – and we can do that 100% of the time, then we allow that habit to filter back down to the subconscious. We don't think about it anymore. It -hmm. just will happen on its own. Mm -hmm. This is exactly the process that singers want to happen. We want to work on something like our soft palate, having our soft palate raise and expand um, to the right level, uh, not staying too low but not going too high, and with the right tonicity of the muscle okay Mm -hmm. we want that to happen a hundred percent of the time so we have to have a routine we have to work on it we have to practice it in a certain way we have to reinforce it and then once we can get that to happen a hundred percent of the time we don't have to think about the soft palate anymore we can just let it filter back down and we can think about something else okay Mm -hmm. Yep. so this is why the process is exactly the same for both singing and the alexander technique but when we get into performance situations, things aren't always ideal. We can't always just think about acting. Just think about um, um, being the character, right? Just think about the stage. Sometimes we're sick. Sometimes we have to be aware of what's happening with our voices. Well, we always have to be aware of what's happening with our voices. Sometimes we might have to adjust mm-hmm. if we're sick. If we're not a hundred percent, then. You're going to do something different at the top. You have to be aware. You have to think about that. Mm-hmm. These are the situations where you can apply the Alexander Technique and its principles, right, to help you. We were just talking in an earlier podcast about uh, the use of awareness, inhibition, and direction, the mm-hmm. three main concepts of the Alexander Technique, for stage fright. So you can use these concepts to help you calm yourself. Right mm-hmm. to help you um, reach out to an audience. Um, awareness and, and, and direction are also wonderful tools to be able to extend your um, emotions actually to an audience so they can have a better sense and a better connection to you and what you're feeling as a character. Mm-hmm. And that really draws them in. So these are all tools that you can absolutely use in performance situations. It's not just, oh, well, I'll practice – I'll lie down before I practice and think about the directions and then I'll think about a little bit when I practice, but when I'm really singing, it doesn't have any you know, it doesn't have any benefit for me. Has tremendous benefit. Mm -hmm. You just have to learn how to use these tools. Once you learn the tools, then you can figure out, oh, I can use that in this situation. Right. I can use that in that situation.
0: And the tools are very light. Processes. I mean, they're mm-hmm. just a thought, really. Yes. Just a decision. I, I want this.
1: Just intention. Exactly. It's just
0: intention. That's all. So,
1: so easy to, to just have this intention on stage, and if you've if your body has become really attuned to that, really attuned to these um, intentions, then it'll react in the way that you want. That's brilliant for performance. This is exactly what you want as a performer.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you want to be able to uh, be able to be easy in yourself with no matter what extraneous things come about you know yes exactly uh, which are going to happen on stage right yes you, you yes should, you never know what's going to happen You never on know stage. what's going to happen <laughs> right yeah so it's um so so we've we've uh, dispensed with that uh, misconception um <laughs> We don't have a lot more time, but is there any other thing, any other misconception you'd like to briefly address?
1: Well, I think I've already said this, but in case no one got, someone didn't get the message, um, I, I have heard singers say, well, I just don't think the Alexander technique can really help me in, in, in what I do. Mm-hmm. It can absolutely help you in so many ways that you don't even know until you try it and and start to think, oh, well, wait a minute, I can use inhibition to help my breathing, right, to get out yeah. of the way of the breathing yeah. process. So that will happen on its own because it's a reflex. It will happen on its own as long as we don't interfere, right? Yeah. You can use awareness um, – to help you understand what's happening in your vocal mechanism. It's such a clear application of this tool and something that singers really, really need. Um, And direction also can help um, uh, with your intentions for singing. You can say, okay, for this phrase, I would like this to happen. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: And you set that intention and you're asking your body to do it and your body can respond. As long as you're out of the way, as long as you've trained it, as long as you've learned these skills, it will do what you ask. The body is very, very nice to us. It's a loyal soldier. It'll do what we ask. But if there's too much interference in the way, can't do it.
0: Yeah, it will do exactly what you ask as as best it can. And absolutely. um, This you could, I guess you could think of the Alexander technique as a way for really putting you, meaning your conscious mind, in charge.
1: Yes, exactly. And that's what singers have to do. Singers use their mind to affect their, um, their vocal instruments. So the Alexander Technique gives extra tools.
0: Okay, let's, let's end there. Um, my guest today has been Alicia Briceland, a singer, voice teacher, and certified teacher of the Alexander Technique. She uh, uh, works in New York City and in northern New Jersey. Uh, I'm going to put a link to her website by this interview. If you live in that area and you're interested, uh, give her a call. But her website is a valuable resource to singers anywhere. She has a lot of information about the Alexander Technique for singers. That's her specialty, and that's what her website is is all about alicia thank you so much
1: thank you robert